Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. No, we're not on a loop. Uh, Just to note... (laughs) Christian Counseling, Specialized Pastoral Care Services. When you say (laughs) things like that, or when you speak in uh, regards to such things as counseling and pastoral care, Christian counseling, it's not clinical in this sense. (laughs) I think we've already established, well established this. Clinical ain't going to save no one. Jesus saves us, not clinical. Uh, I do believe pastoral care, Christian counseling can be a tool, an instrument, a vessel, an instrument to fixing the vessel to uh, repair (laughs) of the vessel. But if anybody would think that that is or could even in any way semblance of any way actually save and even I don't even know if repair (laughs) is uh, part of specialized pastoral care Christian counseling most of the clinical work psychological being the clinical psychiatric being the clinical Medicines and talk therapy, talk therapy and medicines, medications. Most of that presumes that there is a disease and a disorder, that there are physiological causes, all of which trace back to most likely some genetics or genetic predisposition, although there are many conditions that are likely not to be so insidious. So uh, congenital from birth, kind of effect, uh, as in genetics and as in the way your body has been constructed. And then there would be, with increased risk or predisposition, there's increased risk and then they would show themselves. But there's some things that are just triggered. It triggers the process. The process is genetic. It's there, at least the potential, or we wouldn't have to worry about it. So, I'm going to still say 99.9%, if not 100%, is genetic. It's just certain factors. Mitigation, try to be healthy, good self-care, take care of yourself, eat well, sleep well, watch your diet, get plenty of exercise, (laughs) manual checkups, all that. That, again, mitigates, lessens the likelihood of onset. But nonetheless, the the premise is, is that you have a disease and a disorder, and as much as, again, it's physiological and, and organic in nature and basis, then we have to fix it through... Techniques, strategies, uh, all evidence-based, meaning that there's research that backs it up, theory, tested, 
observations made, empirical studies conducted, research methodology applied, <laughs> a lot of years of education and study, journals, continuing education, through the journals, continuing education, an ongoing conversation so that we're all current advantaging from as much anyone else's experience or our own experience is applied, there is applied to helping people get better and fix their psychological problems, their behavioral health conditions and concerns. And so, yes, part of specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry, is to that end. But Jesus has to be at not only the center of it all, but has to otherwise have in Holy Spirit dimension his say and way. (laughs) It's just going to be patching someone up. It's just going to be trying to repair or fix what is congenital, not only to the individual, but possibly the whole human race. It is iniquity. We are all but fallen vessels, whether we were designed to be that way or whether we brought that on ourselves. And that's really kind of everything I've said on the podcast today kind of goes back to that. I don't know that God designed this or we've done this to ourselves. I don't know if it's genetic or we've not taken care of ourselves in such the way that with knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we should have. The Old Testament wisdom, we should have. But here we are. And everybody goes this way. I've said it on previous podcasts as well. I'm not sure that the normal course of human life, which would end then with death, is necessarily (laughs) disease-driven. I don't know that it has to have disease and disorder along the way. I just think that there is a template in our, equally in our genetic programming, there's a limit to lifespan. We usually equate death with disease. A lot of people certainly indeed die of disease and disorder. By the time that you get to a certain age, it does seem like whether it is just the compromise of the, of the autoimmune system, immunological system, <laughs> it just don't recover quite as quickly and well in your advanced stage as you do in your youth. There's a lot that goes on that supports healing and, again, maintenance, homeostasis, general maintenance of good health throughout one's course of life. And so there's a progressive dimension, but I don't know that it has to be a disease or disorder. Although being at such a, I guess, lessened state of resilience, being less robust, uh, the immunological system, we're probably more susceptible and prone and probably in the end there'll be certain conditions that likely will accompany even a normal course of life, which then has as a normal end what we call death. Uh, Again, that's somewhat speculative, whether we should call it death or what we mean by that. It's just the end of this life. Let's put it that way. But why wouldn't psychologists want to help? And what would be bad about that? And 
what is it about the disease model? And yes, certainly you could do better to care for yourself and abiding in the word, especially as we've been given specific instruction, Old and New Testament. And given not only specific instruction, written word, articulate word, but articulate in the sense that there is living word. There's Jesus as the epitome, the the best, the icon of the best any human could be. But more than that, he showed us the power that was really in us that God gave us from the very beginning in the Holy Spirit to have a fruitful life. Be wise. (laughs) Partake of the knowledge of good and evil so that you might support it But life comes from the tree of life. It doesn't come from the knowledge of good and evil. God gives us life. And it does not have to then mean that it is disordered or in that disease sort of way. That it's going to be in that corruption. That element of additional corruption. Something that you have to, particularly when it pertains to the psychology of it. And yes, there are psychosomatic or there's somatic Symptoms that go along with the psychological bodily illness that seems to have psychological dimension, a psychological dimension that can also have bodily impact or show itself in terms of malady and sickness and a more physical illness sort of aspect. But when you think of it that way, whatever that power is, it has to come from the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't come from me. Even within specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling, more so there than in psychology and psychotherapy, even medical, more medical doctor, MD, sort of reference. Again, my doctorate is not in medicine, it's in counseling psychology. But even within that specialty of the physiology, Jesus is the answer. And God has given us all things pertaining unto life, good life. And with that, there is a power within us all. Now, when that power is given unto us, is also a good question then. Because what I'm really in short version essentially saying is that I am totally, entirely reliant upon a power greater than me that resides somewhere. I would want to believe in you. I do believe that the Holy Spirit, God, is outside of us as well as resident within us. We're all part of his creation And in that way, we're all part of, with Holy Spirit, everything that lives, that is not only articulate, but living word, testimony, but animate. We know it. It, (laughs) In the context of our existence, it's mostly carbon-based. It lives and breathes. (laughs) It emits heat. Uh, There is an eternal fire, so to speak, that fans the flame of all existence, again, as humans have come to understand it and be aware of it. Does that mean it's the only way? I don't think it has to mean that, and I'd be probably foolish if I said it was, but for us, that's the hallmark of life, and we all share that. 
But in that same sort of a way, that power is not something any of us could give to one another out of anything that we would possess in human dimension or in carnality or in our material existence. We don't possess that. Psychologists do not possess the power to fix you. (laughs) They may have instructions, recommendations, as much as a physician would, as to how to take a certain medication or to do a certain thing, (laughs) technique, strategy, exercise of the mind and body, preventative, primary, secondary, tertiary care, all of those things. We can give advice, but we can't save your soul. God has given you the capacity, has given unto all of us the capacity and capability of finding salvation. But it emanates primarily from within. It can be shared And I do think even in spiritual dimensions, you can love on one another. And there is then two or more gathered together in my name. Jesus is in the midst of us or in the midst of them, in the midst of them, as with King James phraseology. I think that's entirely true. But if it wasn't in us, you couldn't do anything to fix it. I can't do anything that God has not already given you the capability and capacity to do. I can't make it up. I can't conjure it up out of anything. The Holy Spirit can give me inspiration. I can speak words that are inspired of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. And with that living Word of God. And with that, I do believe an anointed sort of way of putting all of that together, the word, living word, into a more extemporaneous or contemporary sort of context. But I don't want to get too loose in the translations, lest I get into my own head and then get right back around to thinking that somehow something I say is going to fix it. No. God fixes it through Jesus. Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within us. When do we receive that? Now, if it were only after salvation, then probably up to the point of salvation, all of it would be sickness and disease and infirmity and disorder out of the iniquity that is sin. Or that in iniquity, sin is manifest. Our corruption, maybe it's the genetic composition, maybe it's a corruptible nature, maybe in genetics there's something that is still deeply seated, <laughs> embedded within us that is holy and unlike anything in material. <laughs> sort of knowing what we do know about the physiology and the organic basis, as I tried to capture a bit of that earlier on in the conversation, to life. But wherever it is, it has to be in us or we're not alive. And what is it? It is the Holy Spirit. He has to have been given unto us even before we come to Jesus and receive the fullness thereof of our salvation in Christ. I don't believe this is at all contrary to the word of God and that the Holy Spirit 
even yet while we were sinners, God sent his son or Jesus died for us. But the Holy Spirit is constantly working, convicting, bringing us to an awareness of the power that Jesus represents to salvation. Yes, we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, accepting of him as, again, that model example of not only humanity, the best that humans could be, but also God. He is God, Emmanuel, with us. God in flesh dimension, bodily presentation. But when we do that, I don't know that we receive necessarily the Holy Spirit as much as what we receive is an acceptance of Jesus. We receive all the Holy Spirit has for us because it's at that point we make a choice to cooperate. We make a choice to do better. We make a choice to work toward in the best way that we can, bringing our bodily inclinations <laughs> to self-destruction, disorder, and disease. And even so, over the course of a lifetime, the normal course of a lifetime, without the disease model applied, the medical model is always a disease model with the idea of fixing it, preventing it or fixing it. But what I think we fail to really, what we miss, what we fail to recognize, really recognize when we think of it only that way, is that God's, again, given us all things necessary to life. And he has chosen to put in us a power, which I do believe is the Holy Spirit, even from the very beginning. And quite possibly the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life, and there from the very get-go. You don't receive the Holy Spirit as much as you allow the Holy Spirit as already resident in you to take control of your life. Otherwise, it would just be, again, transactional. And it is somewhat. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's going to take you through the normal course of life. I believe that's true whether you know Jesus or not. It's just how good of a life it could be in terms of quality and how close to the mark of the high calling, which is a disease without infirmity, without disorder, a life without disease, infirmity, and disorder, which I think you can make a good case, too, that Jesus didn't have any of those things. We killed him. (laughs) Humans are humanity. That's how, I guess, corruptible corrupted we are how contagious (laughs) that is that we put that on him and killed him he didn't have it in him but maybe we don't either maybe that's the problem is that we don't recognize that and it took Jesus God sent in his son to us so that we could see how there it is possible we could begin to believe it's possible That the power is already in us to all life through Jesus Christ, even to the resurrection in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit already in us. 
takes, I don't believe, anything away from Jesus as God, or Jesus as our Lord and Savior, or the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. To say it that way, it just means you have to stop thinking about it in terms of having lost it, what is it, the Holy Spirit, it, the power of life. So much so that you would then stop listening, stop being obedient, stop allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. You know, when you're a child, you really don't have much resistance in you, at least to the extended degree that when you're born, you really don't have much of a self. But once self begins to form Once it becomes too transactional, once you begin to form identity, that's when it's on. (laughs) And that's when we begin to think of, I do believe in these kind of terms. That somehow something's got to heal you. Something's got to save you. Something's got to make you better in a material aspect. (laughs) I keep going back to material house to describe it. Earthly, a natural a literal, again, transactional kind of way. I don't think that's true. I think it all comes from within you, the healing. But I do believe that it takes a bit of convincing to get folks to agree with that. And it does take dying to self, which is the resistance, which is probably, I don't know that it is iniquity, self, I just think that when it fights against self, fights against the Holy Spirit, that's when all hell breaks loose, all problems ensue. And that may be the best message that as a specialized pastoral care Christian counseling minister or specialized pastoral care minister Christian counselor could offer you, even a good psychologist, psychological counselor, bivocational could offer you is trust the power that is in you to fix and heal you we already know and identify without much conjecture the function the power that the autoimmune system the immunological system the homeostatic response the maintenance system that God has genetically encoded in us even those that are lost Don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, nor the gospel of Jesus Christ in this way. That Jesus is the answer. Be like Jesus, but more than just try to be like Jesus, trust that what Jesus was trying to be is all that the Holy Spirit was bringing out through his cooperation, out ensue from within him to the ends of God's calling on his life. I don't think that takes anything away from Jesus as the Christ. Jesus as the Lord, our Lord, the Savior, our Savior of all humankind. I don't think it takes anything away from that. There is none like Jesus. He was without sin, without iniquity. But he did have struggles. If this cup pass could pass from me, God... Praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He experienced struggles. And I don't think that that lessens the deity 
the holiness of Christ. But I believe, as with being touched with the feelings of our infirmity, Jesus represents in human dimension us. We just find the holiness in divine aspect of again being adjoined as one with God in him. We've lost that. There is scales on our eyes. There is a cloak of darkness. Being lost, that's the iniquity. Being lost is never having acknowledged, I believe we all know, but we won't admit it. It's in us, but we have to trust it and believe it sufficient to allow it to proceed out of us. And not only to others, as in our ministry of reconciliation, as in our laying hands on, as in our helping the lost, evangelistic efforts. You too have it in you. But if we don't really believe it, we're not going to receive it for ourselves. Now, will everybody be healed? I just got through... We've just got through, if you were here for them, the two previous podcasts, we've just gotten through a pretty lengthy discussion about healing and resurrection. I don't know that healing is for everyone, but it probably doesn't matter if you get the resurrection message. And that healing and resurrection, if it should be to the resurrection of a physical body, would only be to demonstrate the greater resurrection of the soul in Jesus Christ to even more life. And and where does that again come from? It's the Holy Spirit as in God breathed that into Adam, the first human. And then Jesus has come To breathe again as the Christ, that breath of life back into us. But the life was there. It's when we get with the program, when we lay aside our own wants and needs, when we understand that there's worse things than bodily death, it's eternal death of the soul. When we get past the fear of death, when we don't have to then always hold back, keep something in reserve because we really don't know for sure all of this about life, about the Holy Spirit in us. You're not going to get better. It may, again, as in Old Testament, kind of slow it down a bit. But I'd like you to not get sick in the first place. I'd like to (laughs) encourage you not to be disordered and subject to disease in the first place. I'd like to ask you to consider immaculate conception. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. I know that Mary... Joseph did not create Jesus. God created Jesus. It was through divine impartation. But that is more of a physical manifestation of what was really divinely imparted to Adam when God created him. And it continues in us because we are alive. 
We just live more in Jesus Christ and we don't, we aren't subject and thus we don't experience the sickness and disease. Whether it would be more psychological, worry, depression, anxiety that comes from too much of the fear of what? Of mortality, the death of us. Whether again that's psychological or physical, you can't curse that. It's in us, so God put us put it in us to be reactive. There's a reason and it's adaptive that we stay alive, but only as long as would be according to his will, the rightful length, the rightful dimensions of our particular physical existence, the particulars of us. As we, and it's very particular. It's very individualistic. God loves you as an individual. He created you individually, uniquely. He saves you for individual, unique purposes. But it's a limited sort of thing, if you want to call it that, because humanity, by also divine edict, is temporal. It is of carnal, mortal dimensions, I suppose I can say it that way, though I'm probably double-talking when I do, but it's really very difficult to capture. You're only going to be here for a season. That is intentioned. But we're only talking about your flesh, and with that, everything that is of material construct that goes along with it, the physiology, but also the psychology. You can't fix that. Nor do I want to. I want Jesus to do it. But if we go ahead and give it to Jesus, psychological, psychotherapy, psychological counseling, psychotherapy, specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling, then we've got all the bases covered. Otherwise, if I can't communicate that to you and you're just going to take my word literally and apply it to your life, it's not going to save you. Because even if I speak anointed word out of the Holy Spirit, which I try, that is my intention to put myself, bring my body, my mind, my soul, mortal soul, human soul, into submission sufficient that I can speak as out of the Holy Spirit, along with Jesus, words of life. But the further I move from the word, living word, Old, New Testament, the more at risk I am and you are of me trying to fix you. And that won't work. Even if it worked for me, it's not your word. It was my word. I understand that. I am on guard. I know the devil would love me to speak word to you, even as much I would want it to be anointed with your best interest and intention. But if I don't speak it out of the Holy Spirit or with the direction and guidance, and you don't then register and validate that in similar Holy Spirit terms within you, and realize that the Holy Spirit is drawing that power not only to your awareness, but out of you to, in that same manner, not suffer disease and disorder, true prevention, or should you have gotten into something, possibly you will be healed, but 
maybe not, and maybe it doesn't matter. I don't want you to be sick. (laughs) If I can help you, I want to. But if I can't, and it's not of God's will, for whatever reason, not only because it's something you've done or I've done, that's my point. We have to give it to God or we're going to go right back down into that pit, which leads nowhere but to destruction, to hell. It's partaking only of the knowledge of good and evil. It is not beginning with the tree of life. And when was that given unto us? When God gave it to Adam. When was it brought back to our awareness? When Jesus came. And now we know. Now we receive him as the Christ. Now we believe he is the Christ. God in flesh. And we listen to him, not only in the words he spoke that are in all of those red letter editions, in red, in your Bible, but we now listen to him as he speaks to us from within our heart. When you think of it that way, you begin to realize that the power is in you. It is a higher power principle. I had a verse. (laughs) I always have verses. I just don't have time. I had a verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If I'd have started there, I probably wouldn't have had to say all of this stuff. But I say all of this stuff just so that you can trust it wasn't contrived. And if you've come to this conclusion or have been able to help you understand, even if it is my best efforts in some sort of mental exercise, using words... That are not necessarily of godly construct, but the best words, the best way to communicate with words, otherwise quite godly constructs of Holy Spirit, of Jesus, the Christ, of salvation, redemption, healing, the word of God. If I'm ministering in the word, I am a tool and vessel But that isn't me. It is of the power in me to give to you. But more than even that, my power, I share that out of the Holy Spirit, which is the power in me to bring forth that. I stumble on my words and my concepts. But if it is anointed and not just of my head, out of my best human estimations, even out of my knowledge, psychological knowledge and training, my counseling psychology doctorate, all the continuing education again, all of those things that I do to show myself in my vocational terms. Workman approved. Nothing is going to save you except the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. And where is Jesus Christ? Jesus, the Christ, is alive in you. But he, once more, speaks those things that when the Holy Spirit, sometimes even in your prayer life, 
You don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf because you can't put words on it. You can't begin to describe God. You can only see again through that glass that is dark. Or see through the glass that is of somewhat human corruption, the lens of our humanity. We're fixated on self-preservation, which is our death. (laughs) But if we believe that there is a power in us to lead us and guide us down the course of our life, even should it include the death of us physically, it does not mean the death of the human soul, except to say that once we're one with Jesus Christ, as we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, a priori, before we get there even, while we're yet lost, he's moving us ever toward Jesus. Who is he? The Holy Spirit. To an awareness of Jesus, of our own infirmities, of our own lacking, of our inability to save ourselves. <laughs> Don't go see somebody else to save you if they're not doing it out of Christ because they're no better than you. You're right about that. Psychologists are just a bunch of quacks. Psychological counseling really doesn't help you, except it would be anointed. And then only because if we're going to be experts at anything, me, the things I do for a living, me, it would be I would understand the trap. I can encourage you, but I'm going to do it out of the word. I can cross-talk it. So that I can take the psychological concepts and offer them to you. If you're not saved, I can still sanctify you a bit by not turning you off too much. By speaking King James, certainly. Those words that seem to, at this point, be so loaded that nobody who's lost seemingly wants to hear any of that Jesus stuff. But it's all building a case (laughs) in more material, psychological sort of construct or dimension aspect for Jesus, the need for salvation. But I'm believing the Holy Spirit is doing the most important work from within you, pointing out you need Jesus. (laughs) But once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and give the Holy Spirit full reign, full capability, you tell him, You cooperate, you tell him he can do whatever he sees fit according to God's order, his will for your life. It could be healing. (laughs) I know it's resurrection. I don't think you're going to come back in physical dimension as a human, but you are going to come back in some way. God's spirit (laughs) returns unto him, but we come back in resurrected bodies The Bible tells us that Jesus manifests himself that way. He took on human, continued human form, so we'd recognize who he was, the disciples, and now us, because that's important. That's our base, our baseline, is the lens of our humanity. But it is also our curse or our iniquity if we don't accept the limitations of that and why again we need Jesus and why again we need to stop any more than is that is I guess somewhat prudent to try to process it or when we've gotten everything we can out of the word reading it studying it finding ourselves approved in that way 
workmen approved and a more theological understanding of the Bible, reading the anointed word. Then we allow in more extemporaneous or contemporary context, the Holy Spirit to speak new words, <laughs> rhema word, as they used to call it, into our life. That's the exciting part is when we can do that. That's really what we try to do at Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. That's what I try to do on the podcast. I try to help foster and facilitate that. I want to always bring it back to Jesus because he saves. I don't, but I can be an instrument and a vessel. And the ministry that I'm in, whether it be specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, or more secularly, psychological counseling, I direct it toward the same end of the Holy Spirit taking over for when you're in the presence of God in that way and one with God in Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit fully operationalized in your life that's when healing takes place could be bodily could be you could be resurrected Lazarus was physically there'll be two great witnesses that will come back to life in the book of Revelation so it is still for a time to come but let's not even get caught up in that the true healing is when we're so much one with Jesus and in that the Holy Spirit, in that God, that we don't really care because we can't see, we don't see the differentiation. The transactional doesn't predominate. It's not the preeminent. It's not, it's no longer partaking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil alone or first even. It is understanding you get the tree of life. You can backfill with the knowledge of good and evil. All of that is still out there. Go read up on it. Go study it a bit if you have a question. But if you don't have that, Jesus, accepting that, the gospel of Jesus, the Christ, alive as with in you, as with Holy Spirit, Now, even more so, bringing life forth out of your belly, the Samaritan woman at the well. If you don't have that, then you're probably not going to apply it anyhow, because you're not going to believe it. And you may go around telling everybody about it, but it won't save you. And in the end, it'll prove itself. He will prove himself. Every knee will bow to Jesus. The judgment, white throne judgment, is when you get there and you realize this is the moment. And all of a sudden, anything that you've held back, anything that you've not confessed, anything that you've sort of in disbelief did into the deep dive into the deep end and give it all, not only to life, but to Jesus and the anointed life, that he offers in the Holy Spirit, it's going to come back on you. You're going to have to confess it. Hopefully you accepted Jesus when you needed him the most. Well, you're still living. Now's the appointed time. Today is the day. If you need something <laughs> that way from us, you can contact us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can call 304-528-9220.
You can visit us at Covenants on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you can catch us. I'm not sure I said this. You find us online at covenantsonline.com. You can come back for the next podcast. We drop it weekly. Until we get a chance to meet again, God bless you. Jesus saves. And I do want to wish you the richest of blessings. And if you have Jesus in your heart, what more do you need? God bless. And thanks.